Welcome back to Hire Everyone, the podcast full of wicked stories from the job market and experts showing you how to succeed in it. This episode brought to you by, tragically, just me, as co-host and co-founder of the Hire Career Podcast, Nikki Simmons had a baby and is enjoying enjoying some well-deserved time off. Today on the show, we have James Moffat, who is a storyteller of the highest order, pristine in his skill, here to share with us how to tell a good story about our career, about who we are to get a new job, change career paths, or conquer new business as an entrepreneur. To boot, James is telling us how to tell this story specifically on LinkedIn, which is a platform that most of us are familiar with, but the fewest of us know how to wield with precision. Let's go get it. In the absence of Nikki Simmons, I will be hitting that funky beat. Oh, yeah. Higher. We've got James in the virtual studio. I am, as per usual, thrilled. So thank you so much, James, for um, for joining us today. Uh, as is the habit on this show, we always ask our guests to give us their elevator pitch because they can introduce themselves much better than we can up some tall buildings. So we are in Switzerland. Honestly, I don't know if we have many tall buildings, but I am in Lausanne, Switzerland, and one is the rooftop terrace of the Savoy Palace Hotel. So why don't we take that one? Yeah, so thank you for the invitation. And good morning. So, yeah, a quick elevator pitch on me. So I typically work with a variety of different people, but primarily I work with startups, solopreneur business owners, and small to medium-sized international tech companies. So I help them that typically are struggling with their sales growth to look at different ways and methodologies on how to accelerate their growth leverage on on the power and art of storytelling because that actually makes a huge huge difference which is usually overlooked so that's what i'm doing and they get great results from doing that and it's definitely a unique positioning for them and their business so that is my primary focus that sounds fantastic. And we actually connected way back in the day because you seed and implement the power of storytelling into tools and platforms that we normally consider to be quite static and uh, quite technology focused, such as LinkedIn, for instance, which is why you're here today. So uh, as per usual, dear audience member, I asked James to retain some of his most practical, most concise, most non googleable top tips until the end of this episode so be sure to stay tuned and if you decide to zoom forward until the end of the episode because you want to cut a corner i will know and i will tell to your mother anyways let's hop straight into this episode james again so pleased that you're here so you work with a wide spectrum of different client um, archetypes you want to say as you just mentioned individuals smes entrepreneurs companies universities can you um color this in a little bit more. So who are these people? And most importantly, why do they all care about storytelling and their online profile? So what does it do for them? Why would anybody want to have this? Right. So 
Why should anyone want it? Because it, it's so valuable and it, it brings immense value and credibility to the, the person that's actually delivering this. The, the reasons for that are stories are memorable, stories inspire, stories educate, stories engage, they're fun, and they can be very addictive. And we all do it. So leverage on that. Now, a lot of people overlook that and they don't really see the value until you point it out and then it becomes apparent and very obvious. Now, you, you mentioned all of these groups. Now, there is a variation in the groups of what I actually help them with the storytelling for. And mm. actually take it to a, another level. It's not just storytelling because that can be, can be boring if it's just monologue, one directional. So to make it more interactive, then you want the, to be bi-directional and you want the audience to engage. So mm -hmm. how do you do that is another art in that. So storytelling, as you mentioned, the different types of groups. So universities and schools, I do a different type of storytelling uh, to a, a business or an enterprise or even individual business owners that want to nurture and grow their business. So that although the essence and the methodology is exactly the same, it's just that the the storyline and the effectively the, the desired outcome that you want to achieve differs. So yeah, very exciting and absolutely magical to do. I mean, we could take it talk about this for uh, <laughs> uh, basically for ages because I also do it with children's storytelling. So there's mm -hmm. children's storytelling, there's kind of the storytelling at schools, there's the universities, there's the startups you mentioned, and mm -hmm. then there's the, the kind of the international SMEs, business owners, and so on. So we all tell stories. So it's just about nurturing those, leveraging on them, finding the art of delivering them and making them so much fun, inspiring, and as I said, memorable, that people want to talk about your stories. There are two really critical elements to me um, that you've mentioned here. One is that storytelling is an art and it's very innate to our culture and who we are as a species because this is how we form groups, it's how we form tribes, it's how we find um, security and safety. And the other element is that this is not, storytelling sounds like something that is very monodirectional, whereas on all, this month is about online profiles specifically for um, either business growth, if you want to leave a job and find your new job, your new safety net before you actually exit, if you're currently on the job market and are having a hard time attracting the right conversations. Because this goes both ways. People have a mouth and ears and they want to use both. So as we think about creating a story online that's engaging and that is inviting people in to come to us as well, or just to have something more robust that if people look for our name, for example, after we've applied for a job, what do they find and see about us on the internet? Because this is what recruiters end up doing. You will send your CV and they will check out what's your footprint? What are you talking about on LinkedIn? And you want them to be enticed as you go in. But before jumping online and hacking away at our LinkedIn bio, um, we need to think about the fact, is this really the first step? Or do we need to decide 
who we are in the real world first and who we want to be perceived as. We can all, for example, do training to be a coach. But then the question is, what can you coach on right now? What is your narrative? What is that? What is that juicy bit that makes you unique? So what do you think, James? How could people go about doing this and finding this tone and this this message for themselves? Right. Uh, as you mentioned, I mean, we we all tell stories on a daily basis. I mean, for for a number of different reasons, we do it naturally. So it's how to bring out the essence in that. Particularly, I mean, if we focus on our profiles and LinkedIn, and whether we're searching for our next career move or we want to grow our respective businesses. Mm. So looking at that and how to articulate your message and your value proposition within kind of a story, because the stories resonate with people. Typically, when it comes to sales, if we just use sales as an example, so if you want to buy a product or a service of someone, you typically want to see a reference, a a reference client, who they sold it to, what was the problem that they solved, what was the solution, and what were the results that they achieved from buying the product or the service Mm -hmm. so it's a story so if you can articulate that value proposition not just in what you're selling but also leverage on why did the client buy from you and then have that as a story that you can share with others because people want kind of that reference point they want that kind of the credibility and that safety net well if it's good enough for someone and and, and they've said why it's good then i'm going to have it I, I, a lot of you see, particularly with comes to online shopping, you you see the reviews. So you want to check out the reviews. Is the product good? What do people think about it? So it, it's the same. So it's a story. So if you've done something good for a, a client, capture their story and why why did they engage with you? What was so good about your product or services that you're offering, and and then capture that in a story that that's going to inspire and create that credibility that, that you want to be able to share with others. So they engage and, and they want to take kind of that first step into learning more about what you offer. Which I think is an interesting point as well, right? Because we often, we go through whether we are on our jobs or doing our entrepreneurial hustle. We sort of, we get the job done and we work on projects and products and then we close our laptops and we're finished. But there's almost a second track of of thinking that needs to be done here where you capture uh, the journey and the experience that you've made and how you've learned and how you can gather testimonials which is this is something i would love for the audience to remember as well if you uh, are walking through your job don't just work uh, wait for the certificate of service that you might get at the end of the day but already gather reviews and feedback that you have received along the way because it will give you so much material to even think about yourself and to speak about yourself, which is before we even go into the execution of storytelling or building your online profile through which the story can be projected, um, figuring out who we are and who we want to be is one of the eternal puzzles that we uh, play at our entire lives. You know, we have countless guests on the show that took a stab at the how can we even start asking ourselves the right questions to develop our story and what are some of the practical exercises that one can do to nudge closer to this one truth point that works for us but it's a really complicated question to answer and i for one think it might help to take weight out of the question so instead of asking 
who am I to build the foundation for storytelling? One could ask things like, um, what parts of me do people need to see in my online profile so I get to where I want to be? But you work with clients on this matter all the time to lay this foundation, James. So help our audience out with some practical guidance. So if you were to say, here are the three first initial things that I would like you to do on a whiteboard or on a mural um, or by looking at your horoscope, what were three things that people should do just to get this foundation going to figure out what are the base elements of the story that I can tell? Okay. So I'm going to throw a few things at you there because you've actually described quite a lot. And so who am I? I know we don't necessarily want to focus on that, but that, that is very important because if you don't know who you are and the types of services or the products or the, or the assets and value that you bring, mm. if, if that's not clear, then you have no idea who would want those. So it is kind of a step back that who am I, not necessarily uh, as in kind of the spiritual person of who am I, but more as in what am I offering? Yeah. So once I understand that, right, so... If I'm offering, I use an example of what I offer for LinkedIn training. So what do I offer? I mean, what are the assets and the value proposition in that? And then once I know, then who are they, as in the clients? Who would be interested in that? So it's important because if I, I, I spoke to many business owners and I said, well, who do you provide this service to? And they said, anybody. And I said, well, anybody is a bit too general. Now, where are you going to look for anybody? Anywhere, I guess. Uh, so it's better to be more specific and say, like, these are kind of my niche clients. I, I look, my assets and the value proposition are particularly in this industry sector for this geographical region, this age group of people or, or whatever. So that the more you know what it is that you're offering, the easier it is that you can define who your clients are going to be that would be interested in what it is that you're you're offering to them. So, and then you can be very niche and, and selective on that. Otherwise, it's just too generalized and difficult to find. So that's kind of the first step. And then showing on your profile uh, and your credibility. Now, Obviously, you don't want to expose yourself and write war and peace about, like, this is me and this is what I do, because then that, that can become boring. You want, for that particular, we can have multiple different client avatars, or desirable clients that we want to go and target. So, but if you're focusing on, on something in particular, then be specific on that client. Otherwise, you're going to confuse the audience as they think, well, is that for me or is that for someone else? And then once you know, so when it comes to anything, now whether it's a website, your LinkedIn profile, a company page, social media, whatever you do, what's the first thing that you need to provide is visibility. In the absence of visibility, nobody knows about you. And you can be, I mean, you've heard the expression, the best kept secret. So you need to create that visibility. How you do that is another thing, right? And then once people have found you, then what do they want to see, which we talked on just earlier about the testimonials, the references, and so on, is the credibility, right? You are credible. You you actually can deliver what you say. And, and this is kind of the credibility or the credentials that you show that why someone would want to engage with you. But that alone is still not enough. You need authenticity. 
because credibility can also become egotistical. And then people, mm. it's all about me, 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 rather than them, them, them. I mean, we are in business because we see a problem or a challenge that others have, and, and we have a solution or a product to fulfill that, that challenge. So it, it's about them. We serve them. Obviously, we want to show our credibility that, that we're a, a person that knows what we're talking about, but we don't want to be all about us. So that's where the authenticity comes in. How you write things, how you portray yourself, how you present your profile and everything else, the post, the articles and everything you write is bringing that authenticity out. And then the last thing to me, which is absolutely the most important, is trust. If I look at you and I see your profile, I, I, I read your articles, your posts, I see how you interact with people, I see the comments and things that you make, I think, yeah, I like that person. And then it is building that trust. And mm. with the absence of not having that trust, I really don't care how credible that you claim you are and how visible that you are. If I don't trust you and I don't get that gut feeling that I would like to move forward with you, I'd like to reach out to you, then then it doesn't really mean anything. So, so to me, trust is the most important, but you need the other bits as well to, to create, as I said, that, that visibility, credibility, and authenticity within that. See, enough moments like this when I'm talking to a guest and uh, we're recording an episode, and I know that I will go back into my own episode and actually listen to all of this again and write this down for myself because there were a lot of gems in in what you've just mentioned, what I find particularly enticing is the the idea of you are much more visible through actions online than you can possibly imagine. A, so in a, as an example, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday who's um, soliciting and applying for um, a vice president position with a um, uh, with an anti-food waste organization. And she is busy writing to the CEO. Uh, to just boost her application a little bit. And what I told her is, look at what this person is doing on LinkedIn, how um, it's, it's, it's a woman, um, how she writes, how she comments, what her tonality is. Is there cheek? Is it static? Is it dry? It all helps paint the picture of the person that you're engaging with. And if you, whether you are a business that is trying to attract new clients or um, an individual looking for a new job, you can be sure that you, whoever you're engaging with is going to do exactly the same thing to your profile as well. So it matters a lot that you understand yourself along these pillars that James has just mentioned. And a really great way to do this is to um, actually engage with your 360-degree feedback cycle that we all find so annoying in our real jobs, but they give you clues and insights into to answer these questions for yourself. Who am I? How can I be who I am uh, with trust and with authenticity attached to it? Uh, this month is all about online profiles. Our next episode is actually specifically around internet visibility and how you can make sure that if somebody Googles your name, they find exactly what you want to see. But moving on with you, James, let's build some stuff. Specifically, let's build some LinkedIn stuff. Because everybody can go out and Google how to set up an effective online profile, but you would just find very generic answers and it's just lame and that's why you're here. So um, 
let's dive into your box of tricks here. But first things first, we all know LinkedIn, which is possibly the most potent social network for the job market, for business and, uh, engagement, and to find new clients. So most of us have profiles and we think, great, you know, I got this. But make us look at LinkedIn with fresh eyes. What do most people overlook when they think about LinkedIn profile in terms of its power, in terms of its uh, potential to get you the new job or to get you the new client that you've always wanted? Yeah, so so LinkedIn is an extremely powerful tool if used correctly. Now, LinkedIn started back in 2003 and Actually, they struggled in those days and nearly going to pull the plug on it because it, it was there was a lot of competition for similar type of social media platforms at mm. the time. So they did persevere. And at, at the time, it was very much an online CV. But even though they changed and they were acquired by Microsoft in 2016 and they made significant changes when they reached 500 million users, now they're 800 million plus users. and th- over the last two years, exponential growth, I mean, way beyond their vivid imagination of how growth could be because they've, they've grown more in the last two years than they have in the history of LinkedIn. So mm-hmm. in, in saying that, everything matters. I mean, our profiles matter. And our LinkedIn changed because they, they thought if it was an online CV, it would die a slow death. So they, they had to change the way that they did that. Hence the reason why Microsoft saw new features and functionality. Now, some people may agree with some of the new ones and others uh, think it's too Facebooky like and that they've copied yeah, yeah. others. Now, a lot of the time it's trying things out to see if they work. If they worked on one platform, could they work on another? But one platform might not be the same audience as another. So it's a bit of a trial and error. But mm-hmm. nevertheless, they've been adding new features and functionality, and they completely changed LinkedIn from being that online CV into a, a digital marketing tool. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is very much a person-to-person platform, and that's how it should be used. And it's about we as a people interacting with other people, and that's why the emphasis should be on you and your profile. The company part and the company bits and everything else are secondary in that respect, because it was always seen as a person-to-person platform, even when it was your online CV. Now, a lot of people, I would even say up to 80%, still use it as an online CV. They've never changed it. So they've never really benefited from the new features, the functionality, the way that it should be used. They don't tie it into their other social media. They don't link it to their website. There's a different look and feel on each one of them. There's no consistency. And by doing that, this is what I'm saying about creating that visibility. And also, it's seen now, particularly over the last two years where we've been more online, is it's an online reputation. It is basically your digital calling card to attract attention. So if we don't use it accordingly, then we're wasting the features and functionality, even of a free service. You don't have to be a premium user to be able to have a great profile and to attract the right attention. Now, whether that attention is for your next career move or it's to find your next client, Mm. uh, it should be used even with a free profile just by changing some fundamental areas to create that different persona type and look of your profile rather than being just an online CV. It's a digital marketing tool 
and should be used accordingly. Mm, but now you've, uh, you've you've rallied my appetite to actually find out <laughs> what are these LinkedIn functionalities that you think people are underusing to the demise of their job search, their visibility, or their business growth. So maybe give us your top three that you see all the time that people are not using. Okay. I, I mean, there's so, so many, and I do cover all of these as well. And this new functionality, which for some people think is great and others think it, it's not suitable for a business professional platform. But I mean, everybody's different and you can use it in different ways. So I'm not going to go to all the features and functionality because there's so many. But <laughs> the, the top three things that are absolutely key that you need to consider uh, are the very, very first impression. Because with, if you get the first impression wrong, then nobody's going to be interested in the other parts. Mm -hmm. So... The others are kind of the bells and the whistles and the nice-to-haves and the, the ways to enhance your profile. But the, the, the three things to create that visibility and that first initial uh, interest, kind of that hook, my top three are, first of all, you have to be found. So your URL is important. Now, by default, LinkedIn gives you, when you register, it, it gives you a default URL, which is typically... I mean, if you have a unique name, then you could be the first one and the only one with that name, but unlikely. So it will then follow with numbers and letters and, and stuff. So really a gobbledygook, <laughs> nonsensical kind of URL. <laughs> now, you may laugh at that, but people just change, don't change it yet. It's a yeah. five-minute thing to do, right? And literally, it is five minutes to do, but... You obviously don't want to keep changing this a dozen times because if you're going to use it as a link to your email or your signature, or mm. uh, then if you keep changing it, then you have to remember where you changed it or where you use it so people can actually find you. Because if you send them the old link and you've modified it, they think, oh, no, I'll just tweak it a bit more here and I'll change <laughs> it again. And then nobody will ever find you because you, you've given too many people different links and then mm -hmm. they'll the links won't be valid. So think carefully when you change it. But your URL, you can customize it basically to what you do. I mean, as an example, uh, I, I do business growth strategy. So if that's the only thing I do and that's what my focus is and that's my niche, then I could put James Moffat dash uh, business growth strategies or, or something or the name mm -hmm. of my company or whatever it needs to be. But also think about in their keywords because keywords attract. So when you've changed and modified your URL, think where it's going to be used. So LinkedIn are working very closely with Google. So if you do a search on Google, then your LinkedIn profile will appear on there as well. So think about that because it is about being found. So you want the visibility, but you want people to find you easily. So you can have keywords within your LinkedIn URL. So that's oh, one wow. thing without going into too much more detail about it. And it's something that can be very easily changed within a matter of minutes. Just in the settings, right? Yes, in the settings. Yeah, all right. Right. You can only change what it allows you to change. You'll, you'll see it in there. Uh, then the second one is once you've found the person, what's the very, very first thing you're going to do when you look at their profile? What do you look at? 
You're asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. I thought I was interviewing you. <laughs> you rude. Oh, sorry. Um, I will look at I will look at the I will look at the banner pic, um, picture and the headline underneath the image. Yeah, you're very good. But I think you'd go before that. You'd look at their profile picture. Yeah. So their profile picture before we look at the banner and everything else. It's a profile picture. Now th- this is. Very easy. I mean, you don't need a professional to take a, a good picture of you. You can uh-huh. use most mobile phones. That the, the cameras are fantastic. Mm-hmm. You, you just need to uh, spend a little time, set it up, and uh, with a clear wall. If you if you're wearing dark clothing, some light background. If you're wearing light clothing, a darker background or different color backgrounds or so on. And I mean that that's pretty easy to change. And and then also. LinkedIn have even made it so much easier for you, easier for you in the way that they've given a frame adjuster, so you can actually turn the image so it's straight, so you're looking mm. straight, uh, and also to resize it so it fits the frame perfectly. You can adjust the colors, everything. I mean, it's excellent. They, they've spent a lot of time to help you emphasize. Uh, and it basically enrich your profile picture. And that's the very first thing I'm going to look at. If I've talked to you on the phone yet, never met you, I have no idea what you look like, I'm going to check you out on LinkedIn. And the first thing I'm going to look at, well, what do you look like? So I'm going to look at that. And ideally, I'm going to click on your picture and it's going to enlarge. So if the settings are done right and you've used a high-definition quality picture, then when I click on it, it should enlarge. If it gets smaller, then there's a serious problem there because I'm clicking on it because I want to see a bigger picture. So, <laughs> although that does happen, right? so that I mean, if you've changed, like I've been using LinkedIn for 20 years, I don't want a, year, a picture that was me 20 years ago. And then when people right. meet me, they say, "Well, that doesn't look anything like you." I mean, maybe you haven't changed in 20 years, but I guess most people have. So you want more of an update picture of you so so that's kind of my second tip and then the third one which is exactly what you mentioned uh i mean we could go in for three four five six tips but i mean the the third one is the is the headline so underneath your name it actually says headline it used to say title as in job title so account manager Mm. business developer ceo whatever now you it doesn't mean that you can't include that as well but a headline, if you think about what, what is a headline, why did they say headline? If you think about a newspaper, this is a big tip, a newspaper, if you're the, a newspaper has to sell. If you've got lots of newspapers on the shelf and you want yours to stand out, what's going to help it stand out is the headline. The story comes secondary, right? Mm. I need to grab attention. So grab attention, get people's attention, and then they're going to see the headline and then present them with the story. So think of yourself like the editor-in-chief of a newspaper. The newspaper is your LinkedIn profile. So you need that headline. It's the hook. It's the grabber, right? Get the attention. And then once you've got the attention, I'm so curious. I want to read more. What's the story? So, I mean, I use that analogy a lot. So kind of the editor-in-chief of the newspaper, effectively, this is your newspaper. So you want it to stand out. So the headline, there is a character limitation, but within the headline, you should also include keywords. 
I mean, I, I typically go beyond just keywords. I mean, it should be, if I look at it, and I, I think, well, what's the problem? I mean, th- three components, the, the problem, the solution, the results. So I typically work with these clients with this sort of problem. Uh, I help them gain these sorts of results, right? And then people say, well, how would you do that? And then you can tell them further down in your profile. Don't try mm-hmm. to overdo it. There is a, a character limitation and there are hacks and workarounds that as well when you use your mobile uh, rather than the desktop. But I mean, I cover all of this. So these are basically my three things. You want the visibility, so the URL, change that. Once you've found you, the first thing I'm going to look at is your picture. And then what's the headline? What are you telling me? What's going to hook me? But that sensation, also anybody out there listening who is now having, you know, like me, more of an appetite to actually do this well, uh, we are leaving all of James's uh, contact information, his homepage's LinkedIn profile in the show notes of this episode, which means the podcast player through which you are enjoying um, our very entertaining episode. Uh, just click on the on the episode that you're listening to and it will expand a field with a bit of wish-wash copy that I have created, including James's contact information. So be sure to check him out because he really is a wizard at all of this. And what I wanted to point out, just and I've learned this through client work, is that thinking about yourself as the editor-in-chief of your own newspaper on your online profile, there's almost a hesitance to doing this. People have the tendency to feel like, I don't want to be selling. I don't want to be deceiving. I don't want to push it too hard. But otherwise, what is the point? Which is a question that I also had to ask myself. I thought my profile is great. It looks very artistic. I'm enjoying uh, what it does and just having it. But if it doesn't do anything, why are you wasting your time actually playing on LinkedIn at all? So be sure that you know your purpose when you are there. Because another element, um, when James touched on this earlier, is ask yourself the question, what do you want out of it? And that also means modifying your profile regularly. So if you want to be seen as somebody who has a lot of financial acumen, for instance, but you actually want to be working in nature conservation, work with your headline, work with your description, work with your banner image and your profile picture to project all of these values to the eyes of people looking for someone like you. So which brings me to the next point. We always say on this show that there's a passive and an active way to use your online profile, specifically LinkedIn. The passive way is, and we touched on this now a lot, is discoverability just through your presence. So people search for keywords, your profile comes up. Um, and uh, you've already um, spoken about some of the tips, you know, having uh, some others might be having articles up that get picked up by the LinkedIn news team. But what I would like to know more about is the active component of having this profile you know something that is akin to networking and connecting with with a certain level of skill in the niche that you want to move into and i think we should move through i will just put you on the spot james and we're going to move through a little demonstration here a little simulation if you will so imagine you are working a mid-senior level managerial position in a tech startup Okay, And you want to get ready for a move into a corporate fast-moving consumer goods category, like, say, you want to be working for Pepsi um, to have more growth potential, more stability, and all of this. Looking at your LinkedIn profile, what are the sort of three to four things that you would do immediately 
to get yourself that new job. So think change your uh, change them some, some things in your profile, uh, network, do research. How would you tackle this challenge for yourself to get that job as soon as possible and switch out of your old tech job? Great question. Uh, and it's something relevant for everybody because we don't always stay in the same role or position. And no. even within a company, if you're moving to a different role, you want to, to show that you're the expert within that role as well. So typically, I mean, there are a number of things. I mean, a LinkedIn profile isn't static. It isn't something that you do one day and think, well, I'll leave it now and let it work for me. It's something that you have to work on, typically a daily basis. Uh, people think, a daily basis? What do I need to change there? It's not necessarily about changing the profile per se. It's about the interaction that you want to create. Because the way that LinkedIn, just digressing a little bit, the way that LinkedIn works, it, it works on uh, different algorithms and they can change as well. But you can have an SSI, which is a social selling index, which is most people have no idea that even exists. And you can click on that and it's personal to you. And it just gives you kind of a rating on four different areas on how you uh, interact with LinkedIn and others and and basically your usage and everything on, on LinkedIn. And you get a score rating and it gives you a score rating according to the to the, the job type and of your expertise within the field. So you, you could be within the top X percent in your field of expertise. I mean, mm -hmm. ideally you want to be in the top 1% because then it shows that you're great in your area. So just going back to the, the question. So to modify your profile accordingly, so you may need to revisit your headline and change your headline accordingly. So your headline will then be a focus on the, the, the new position that you're after right. uh, with some keywords in there to attract attention on that as well. The other thing that you need to, to look at is what groups are you following at the moment? If you're changing industry, then maybe you need to revisit the groups that you're actually following uh, or participating or, or whatever. So you need to be looking at, you mentioned Pepsi. If you want to be in groups associated to Pepsi and, and their clients and what they're involved in, then you need to change maybe some of the groups there is a limitation and also you don't want to be connected to an, another tip thousands and thousands of different groups because that affects your news feed because if you say you're following these groups then linkedin thinks well i need to be giving you information about these groups and say you've changed industry a dozen times then but you haven't changed or deleted or removed yourself from these other groups you're confusing the way that LinkedIn works as well. And it's trying to give you news feeds on things that aren't relevant to you anymore. So you need to change those accordingly as well. I found that I, I've had in the past, I, I've had over 70 different groups in there that were nothing to do with what I was currently doing. And I've had to manually go in there and remove myself from these groups. So joining the new groups as well. So that, that's something key. So you're Keywords, your headline and, and groups are definitely a great starting point. And you mentioned also following people. If there's people in, in the new industry that you're moving into, yeah, check their profiles out. Check what they're posting. Uh, could you make a sensible comment on something that, that's going to 
basically attract attention to you. If you make a, a good comment, a lot of the times the people look back at your comment and say, oh, yeah, thanks for the comment. And then you've kind of made yourself a warm introduction rather mm. than all of this kind of cold calling and spammy type stuff. You can do it in a more elegant and warm way by making a comment, not just a like, but actually a sensible comment. And other people would maybe resonate with that. And then mm. before you know it, you could have a whole dialogue going around a comment that was made rather than the actual article itself. And, and that does work. I, I found that I, I, I've had more comments on my comment and interaction on my comment on someone else's article. Mm-hmm. So many things to consider, but these are kind of the key things. This is great stuff. My goodness. We even, uh, we had one or two, one for sure, Alex Morat, a podcast guest that uh, I had actually not looked for, but this is somebody who approached us through some of uh, one of the articles that he saw that we posted through the podcast on LinkedIn. So it works this way around too. And another tip before we hop into your top tips, James, that I quite enjoy using when I need a new connection, even for clients, is I will look at the organization that they are after to engage with them for business. And I will see, do I have mutual connections? Do I have people that can make an introduction that can give me an in? Because as we said, this is storytelling, we talk about a social network, but really, this is about tribe, who do people feel like they are like they are. And having friends is just one of the best ways to do this. So my mind is entirely blown. I thought I had LinkedIn licked, but clearly I don't. So thank you for enlightening me, James. But as promised at the beginning, this is a long episode, but what are really the most concise, your most practical, your top three things that you would like people to do immediately after they stop listening to this episode to boost the effectiveness of their online profile through storytelling? Off you go. So the, the three key things, as I said, I mean, there's probably 30, but, <laughs> and I mean, I, I do list all of these in, in the online program I do. Call James to know more. Yes, absolutely. So the three things, just to recap on them, I, I did mention them throughout, but absolutely key is to be found. So your uh, LinkedIn profile URL, so that's right at the very top because it links to Google and everywhere else. And if you do that sensibly, then that will definitely help with the attraction. The, mm-hmm. the next thing, absolute must, you've got to have a great looking profile picture. Uh, it, it doesn't mean you have to be a model or, or, or anything, but it, it's just got to fit the frame perfectly. It's got to be the right kind of color combination and ideally looking forward. So. A bit like a passport photo, but but you're allowed to smile this time. I mean, I know passport photos, you can't smile. So smile, make it engaging. If people see you with a smile on the face, then they they, they feel that kind of that warmth resonating from you and radiating from you. And they they want to engage. Yeah, I I see a friendly face. Yeah, that person looks great. So so that one and the, the, the last one, which is very important, as we mentioned, you're the editor-in-chief, it's your newspaper. You've got to get the headline right, and there is an art to it. It's not just a, about writing a bunch of words in there. You, you see lots of people doing it completely wrong by putting hashtags and things in there. Hashtags do not believe, uh, belong there. 
And there's actually created a new feature that the hashtags come below that now because mm. people were using it wrong. Uh, but keywords in there and get your headline right because that is your hook. That is the, the thing that's going to interest people. I want to know more. I want to know who this person is, what they do. They've got my attention now. So these are my top three that you should do straight away. Thank you so much, James, for your many wisdoms and for being on the show with us today. Everybody out there who is still listening, and I know you are, as I said, be sure to hop over into the show notes and uh, check out James's own online profile, because from that alone, you can learn lots. And also, if you haven't done so before, we are leaving the links to our um, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram uh, profiles for the High Career Podcast in the show notes as well. Hop over. We post all the time about these episodes. We'd love to hear your commentary. Um, in the comment sections give us a like give us a follow and uh, let us know what you think and also what you need us to talk about next so as per usual uh, let's go get it hey 